Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, episode 26. Get more from your running. Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, practical triathlon advice for everyday athletes, because we're not all Aloid Kipchoge. If only, yeah. Now, now we are a triathlon podcast, but we are talking running, aren't we? We are talking running, and the man who I just mentioned, and I won't say his name again because I probably butchered it the first time, has just won the London Marathon in the second fastest time for a marathon ever. Two hours, one minute and 39 seconds is his world record. He was a little bit slower than that. <laughs> Bad use of the word slower. Um, <clears throat> and we'll talk about it a little bit more, but uh, I just did the maths, not in my head. Uh, averages at about 2 minute 53 per kilometre pace. That is just ridiculous, isn't it? For 42 kilometres. I've never actually timed it, but I don't think I could sprint 100 metres that fast. <laughs> If you get the chance to not watch the whole thing, but the event, the London Marathon started and there was clearly an amateur athlete who thought, I'm going to give it absolute gangbusters for the first kilometre. And he did. Yeah. And you could see him grinning and then he just stopped <laughs> and they drifted off into the into the distance and he thought he'd had his, his, <laughs> his, his moment of his, glory. His two minutes and 53 seconds of fame <laughs> sticking with them for 1K. But uh, just amazing to watch. Um, oh, and we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about style and cadence and, and whatever. But um, yeah, I'm Doug, back again. Uh, I'm, I'm an enthusiastic runner. Fantastic. Is what I am. You, you are right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, running's been going well, Doug. And I'm Gerard. Um, I'm the coach, the one who'll... Uh, Try and impart information for Doug to interpret and uh, make sure it's coming across the right way. Yep, and it's about giving information out there to the wider world and and with a little with a bit of a focus on the team. You know, the, the squad that yep. that that pay you good money to uh, to provide them with advice. And um, we've talked about this being about running. Um, that is the winter sort of the winter focus. Yeah. So yeah, we will touch on triathlon things over the coming weeks, but they'll be more orientated towards the running. Yeah. Um, and there's a few overseas events coming up as well. For have we got, have we got anybody travelling far afield to well, to we, represent Mr. We, Smiths? We do have a uh, some a, a foreign correspondent, Kari, living in Paris. So she has a string of events planned um, coming up. The first one, in fact, uh, in a week's time. In fact, no. Just as we're recording this, I'll have to revise that. I can't calculate that quick enough. But yep, um, a French seventy point three. Um, we've got uh, other people travelling to Australia over winter. So, yeah, although the, the squad based here is doing uh, a lot more running, there's triathlon carries on, and we've got people doing all sorts of things everywhere. So. And Carrie is so committed. She got there about six months early to start acclimatising <laughs> in Paris. But, uh, yeah, I see she's had a quite recently a, a, a sort of three, four-day training camp. With oh, was it, it was 70, a whole week. Yeah, oh, with about 70 other... Yeah. Other athletes, which Put, puts uh, little, our camps to shame, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, the sort of French Riviera versus you know the Hawks Bay. I'm not so sure. Yeah, sorry yeah, to those we, who are from the Hawks Bay. We, we we do all right. Yeah. Um. So we're going to talk about running, mm. but just a quick review. You know, we were back on the air last week for the first time in a while. Yeah. Um. So we kind of gave everyone a little bit of a a reminder of who we are, as exciting as that is, but uh, also a little bit of chat about about the break. Yeah, so look, yeah, we, we were off the air for a while. Um, 
I got ill, testicular cancer. Um, a lot of people know about that, some don't. But uh, yeah, that was, was just a, had to have a bit of down, enforced downtime because of that and uh, a bit of reflection time. But uh, I'm back in the game now. I'm very happy and grateful to be so. But uh, just, yeah, we'll always come back to people, look after yourselves. Yeah. Health comes first. It's being healthy is what lets us do this fun stuff. That's enough about you anyway, Gerard. Um, it's about us, and what we want to know is um, how you can make us go faster and perform better. Well, that's the question. Everyone wants to run faster, don't they? It's, 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 it's the eternal kind of thing that we're striving towards, that yes, we enjoy running, we do it for fun, we do it for competition to better ourselves, but we, we do want to perform better out of it. And the biggest thing is that that's a long-term game. Okay, no one gets really, really fast from doing a twelve-week training plan or anything like that. So the very first thing is that you have to be running consistently over time. That uh, sure, everyone's going to have times where they run more, run less. But uh, yeah, if you go and sit on the couch for six months over winter, you're never going to be able to make the gains as someone who is training throughout that time. Yeah, and what's you know the. the Consistency is an, an easy word to to say and to mm. hear, but you know what are the things that that you know that means is that you must run four times a week consistently for two years to build a base, or you know it's the, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, look, the the how much you need to run is going to be dependent on on every single person. That for a lot of people, just running more consistently over time without doing kind of bigger runs or more in a week. Is going to be one of the one of the biggest things that changes it for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, a really simple thing is actually prioritising running and being organised with it. And that doesn't mean that you um, run instead of spending Sunday afternoons with the family, but it's working out when you can fit that running in and being organised. So maybe having your running gear laid out first thing in the morning, so you get up and you do it. Things don't get in the way. Yep. First of all, when you say prioritising, do you mean over? other triathlon disciplines? No, or... not, not, not at all. Just no? simply making the choice that, um, not, not even in the running context, sorry, in the triathlon context, any kind of exercise or training, making the choice that I'm going to do that for me and I'm going to put that above some other things. Right. Now, it, I, I know that doesn't always work, that we have work, we have families, those kind of things, but you can have discussions with your boss, with your family, and you can say, look, I'm just going to carve out a few hours per week for me to do this. It'll make me happier at home and make me more productive at work. Yeah. And then, so, so you're consciously committing to it rather than just letting it, it happen as it happens and around other things. Yeah. And the other, consistency is great. And, you know, once you're organised, but sometimes <clears throat> motivation is not always at its best, particularly yeah. in, you know, in the winter. You know, the weather here in Wellington um, and other parts of the country, you know, it can get pretty grim yeah, um, yeah and invariably you're going to be running possibly in the morning or in the evening yeah a little bit dark just uh so yeah that, that takes some takes some doing to 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 want to that, pull yeah. the shoes on and get out there <laughs> and and that's it that, that you do have to want to you have to actually enjoy running and yes uh, certainly it's going to be tough at times it's uh there's going to be better days and worse days but enjoying your running so that you are motivated to go and do it and doing it with friends, meeting up with other people to run with or having goals like events to work towards, those are the kind of things that are going to keep your motivation going. Those are the things that will get you out there on those on those rough days. Yeah, and I talked about it in the last podcast about my love of 
hearing my own voice but uh, I went for a run on my own on Saturday and it was hard and it was dull and yeah. it was challenging <laughs> compared to the week before where I ran with sort of the three or four of us at about the same pace and you know you're not <clears throat> you're not sort of having a good old chat about the makeup of the All Black back three for the Rugby World Cup but you know when but, you're, oh, only on the downhill because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they were also very wrong in their selections but uh you know, you, you, there's just that little bit of motivation, that camaraderie. Yeah, just it might be a twenty, you along, yeah, a twenty it? second chat at the top of the hill while they all wait for me. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Interesting what you can use to just mm-hmm. keep yourself going. Yep. Yeah. So so yeah, finding those ways to keep you motivated, keep your enjoyment factor up, and, and look, that that might even be a decent jacket for running in winter. Because if you're miserable and freezing, it ain't going to be fun out there. You're not going to want to do it. And there's nothing like spending money on gear to make you get out there. Yeah. (laughs) Now, there is one thing that will impact both consistency and motivation. Yeah. Um, He said at 49 years of age, injuries. Yeah, look, injuries are a reality of of running. And there's some statistic, you know, you make them all up on the spot, but some huge proportion of runners who get, get injured every year. And... The, one of the biggest things is that so many people try to rush it, that they try to build up, just do too much, too hard, too soon. So patience is just so, so important. Yeah. Just yeah. being being patient, being prepared to gradually build. With swimming, with biking, you can ramp those up a lot faster. But mm. running, because it's got that impact on the body, then it is going to be harder on the body. You are much more likely to get injured from running. And it's probably a good good time to talk about managing injuries because we all we get them yeah and then we think we're good to go and it might come back or or whatever so probably worth having a you know you talked about the word consistent but you know consistency in the way you approach the return from an injury absolutely because running consistently might mean well i can only run 20 minutes at a time three times a week at the moment because i'm injured rather than going screw it, I'm just going to sit on the couch and drink beer because I can't run and I'm really grumpy about it. That's a mind game as well because oh, yeah. a month yeah. previous you might have been able to run 20k without stopping mm. and then now you're being told you know, walk one power pole yeah. jog the next and that is really hard because if you kind of feel okay, yes. you want to go for it Yeah, indeed. and of course yeah, that's a, a little bit of a Bit of a um, bit of a slippery slope because you just you know it's one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, but but that again comes back to the mindset of it being a long term thing that we're doing here. Yeah, it's not about being able to run fast tomorrow next week. Yep. It's it is the long term definitely. And I've found that the schedule that you've given me and or that you do for me, and I'm sure a bunch of other people have something similar. The old nose breathing. Yeah. And I'm like, is that both in and out? Because it yeah. really makes you go slowly. It does, and that's exactly the purpose. That there's, we'll, we'll get techie another time, but generally if you close your mouth and breathe only through your nose, that is going to limit how hard you can run to what is your aerobic threshold. Yep. Let's we, not worry about the technology, the, the terminology at the moment. But that level of effort is a really good, safe level of effort for running for most people. And as we've been saying, if you're coming back from an injury, Mm. that's the kind of speed you should be doing just, it's just about time on your feet. Yeah, that's right. And and that is um, base endurance that that you hear so many coaches and people talk about base training. It is at that level of effort. Now, sorry, don't don't take me wrong that there is no, no harder training, 
but base endurance comes from getting the real foundations right. Mm. Okay, so yeah, a, a lot of your running time should actually be at that level of effort, that nose breathing level of effort. It's the the injuries come a lot more commonly from the faster running. Yeah, and if you've come back from an injury, and this might, so in my head, I've done an ankle, I come back, yeah. I'm going to do all my recovery on the beautiful flat surface of Oriental Parade. <laughs> is that is that why? Should I be going somewhere different just to so that so I am going a little bit left and right and the weight's yeah. moving around? What's v- the variety is fantastic because the if you are just hitting the pavement in the same way, the same movement every time, that's what creates overuse injuries. The same things are being overused in the same way. Yeah. So getting off road where your footing is a bit uneven, your body has to sense that and deal with that. Getting into the hills where you're going up, down, on the flats, everywhere. That those kind of things are so, so important, having that variety in your running. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I guess if you're running on the on the flat, on you know, tar seal, 10,000 steps in an hour. Yeah. And you just, the same muscles are going, dunk, 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 eventually, yep. well, potentially something's going to give. So, yeah, that's right. Okay. No, no. And, and so, yeah, that, that off road, it's, yeah, you've got different, different um, uh, surfaces underneath your feet. So they are moving sideways, different kind of angles a little bit, but it's also so much softer. Yeah. Even, even packed dirt, it feels hard, but it's ridiculous the amount of, force and, and impact force that takes out of your body versus being on road yeah and from a shoes perspective are you are you going to need to have some off-road shoes versus some sort of running on the road shoes is is that wise switching between shoes around injuries genius doug absolutely there, there's a study sorry i'm not very sciencey here i, I, I can't give you <laughs> quote any details but there's a study that looked at people and the people who had multiple pairs of shoes not just of the same model but actually different types of shoes got far less injuries than those who just had the one and ran in those same shoes it probably goes back to your other point about you know running on the flat just dunk, dunk, dunk. Yep. if you're wearing the same shoe again a slightly different shoe your feet your ankles your knees are doing something slightly different as long as it's exactly. not something bad yeah it's it's probably building that sort of strength and sort of integrity in the in the muscles and the tendons and the bits and bits and bobs there i go being yeah. scientific again yeah, that's it no m- most definitely and i've got two pairs of shoes i've got a, a pair of trail shoes that i do most of my running in um which are a bit thicker a bit more cushioning um and i've got some road shoes as well which are a, a bit thinner a bit made a bit more made for going going quicker on the flat mm. And so just using the combination of those, my body is definitely being worked differently in different ways. Yeah. And you talk about the impact, whether it be on dirt or sand or tarmac. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> touchy subject, I know. Yeah. But yeah. I'm guessing if there's less of you <laughs> going through your joints and hitting, um, so, you know, you're 70 kgs, not 85. Absolutely. Um, huge, huge difference. And assuming that- you're the same height, you know, if you're, you know, five foot seven and you're eighty five kgs, and that's going through every footstep versus yeah. five foot seven and seventy kgs. Again, I'm sure there's a fancy study by some scientist guy out there. It's got yeah. to be a benefit. Definitely. the The word is that I think it's six times your body weight in terms of impact forces every time you land. So you think if you just if you had five if if you carried an extra five kilos suddenly one day for a run, mm. you would really really feel that. And so 
um, people who are carrying a bit much weight, they're kind of used to how that feels, but it is just all of that extra impact on the body. So that is going to going to be a much higher risk of injury. Um, likewise, there are actually people at the other end of the scale who are underweight and that they're not getting the nutrition that they need for their bodies to be healthy and strong. So they're also at risk. Mm. Well, you can imagine if someone's so super skinny that perhaps there's not even enough muscle on them to yeah. sort of hold you know, the quads, keeping the knee in place and the patella and all that sort of carry on. Definitely. Again, I have no qualification whatsoever, but... Uh, yeah, it's not yeah. rocket science. If you're if you're a little bit lighter, you're going to go faster and just yeah. less, less going through the, you know, your knee, your ankle every time you you land. Definitely. So look, that there was a whole lot of things that contribute towards injuries, and that is something that stops people being consistent. So reduce the risk of injury, um, reduce that improves your consistency over time. It does lead to improved running performance. Yeah. Now we talked about you know the the question at the beginning was you know how to go faster and perform better. So to some of those, it, I think it overlaps with some of those injury questions, yeah. just around some of the things that help you come back from injury and avoid injury. Um, we talked about weight, so you know, so how to how to improve performance. Let's yeah. start with so, the last thing we discussed. You can be a little bit lighter. Yeah. So if if you lose a few kilos, you will run faster because of it. It really is that simple. And and look, I we both hate talking about this because it's a it's a tough subject for some people. Um, but slowly, if that's something you can work away at over time, it will absolutely make a difference to your running. Yeah. And I've experienced that. You know, variations of yeah. sort of seven, eight, nine kgs, and the difference at the lower end of the scale because I didn't get to the too skinny. <laughs> stage but yeah it, it does make uh, and there'll be a, some lovely sort of physics that tell you yeah how, how, how beneficial it can be um <clears throat> there is a calculator for that but <laughs> we won't do scenarios now so something that i struggle with yeah and it impacts everything i do whether it be in you know swimming running or riding um mobility and yeah. i suppose in amongst mobility slash flexibility so so many people who work in office jobs um, you're sitting in a chair a lot during the day or generally not so active mm-hmm. um, the body gets bound up okay so one of the biggest things you can do is get that moving basic stretching mobility exercises so that you improve your range of motion improve the power that your muscles can produce at that range of motion it makes a, a big difference unfortunately that's not the sexy and the fun stuff that's not the the bit that we all really enjoy but as a foundation to improve performance if you're really really serious about improving performance you need most people will need to do some mobility work yeah and and tied up with that is another side of that is also strength work doesn't have to be just pumping big tin in the gym all the time just some very basic core strength and engaging the right muscles getting the right muscles working at the right time um, also makes a really big difference and that will be an interesting one because for the f- first time you know I have mobility and strength in my schedule from mm. you uh, there's a couple of, at least two sessions a week um, I've never really been a big stretcher or core worker guy thingy um, I'm stuck in an office I'm either yeah. s- over a keyboard or over a coffee in a cafe so you know, let, let's revisit that in maybe three or four months' time well, and see that, see yeah, how I feel. That's great because I was going to say right now you probably haven't noticed the difference yet in, in having 
in, in doing it? Are you running faster? Are you performing better because of it? I'll come back to you on that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's not a short-term thing. It really is a long-term thing. And the time you see the benefits of it are in the late stage of a race because that's when your ability to hold your posture breaks down. So having that, that strength and that mobility, that range of motion to be able to keep going is what makes you go faster yeah. uh, later in races. And I think you talked about, you know, we're talking about improving performance when we're, when we're running and that mobility, <clears throat> again, non-scientific, but if you've got a bit more mobility, there's less stress and strain being put on tendons that have, because yeah. they've got a little bit more flexibility than the person who hasn't got the mobility. Is yeah, that, is yeah. That... The, the person who hasn't got that mobility might be overloading other yep. things, using the wrong things at the wrong time, which are going to just get tired and not be not be effective. Understood. Yeah. And, you know, those are, as you say, not particularly sexy. Um, I'm not sure the next option is sexy, but you certainly throw in some intensity in some of the workouts. You know, there's, yeah. there's hill sprints and there's... Uh, you know, doing efforts at a particular speed per kilometre, not quite London Marathon winning speed. <laughs> we're not quite there yet. Which just, yeah, bearing, I remember what we were running at two weeks ago, and it yeah. wasn't at 2 minute 53 k's for, you know, for a minute. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But throwing in that intensity, a little bit of cross training, mm. rather than just the running for time at the same speed. What's, what's the theory the so, theory there? So the idea is, is, is a lot of people who just go out and run the same thing all the time. Okay, so we need to break out of that mould. We talked earlier about the, the nose breathing level of effort, and that's the level where you should be doing most of your running because it's lower risk to you. But having some higher intensity in there is what helps you lift the performance. And so that can be done um, in running, but also you can do it through cross-training, through other sports. So those, those um, intense sessions where you're getting the heart rate up, you are really pushing the body, developing... The, the anaerobic, the top-end systems, all also leads to, to better running performance. And, and having those, those two bits where you've got the lower intensity most of your time, but some higher intensity, those two bits come together. Yeah, and I can vouch for that because in my early days, I just did a lot of the just running for time. Yeah. Run for an hour, run for two hours, run for... Whereas recent years with your variations and in intensity, it's, it makes it more interesting. Yeah. Because... Guess what? Running can get boring if you're just doing the same thing over and over. So, yeah, yeah no, good and, stuff. And uh, a lot of people um, struggle to actually go to those extremes. They, they get stuck in the middle. So for a lot of people, there's a real challenge to actually slow down a bit mm. and to slow down to that nose breathing level. And there's also the challenge to really push themselves at those higher intensities. Yeah. So you, you imagine if you can do that at both ends, you're improving your range. You're going to improve your efficiency everywhere else in between. Got it. And that improvement will not come immediately. Correct, yes. So, Sadly so. So you've got to be patient. Yeah, and that comes right back to what we talked about at the start, that uh, this running thing, it's a long-term game. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think there's a few of us that say, well, hang on, I've paid good money, you've told me what to do, why am I not getting faster straight away? Yes. Um, I think most of us are realists that, yep, it takes time. So yeah, patience is key. And so look, let's have fun along the way. Yep. So patience and consistency. That's it. Absolutely. That's the that's the practical takeaways is don't try and be faster tomorrow. Try and be faster in the long term for your key events. Yep. There, there is so much foundational work which uh, will set you up for that if you're patient now. Yeah. And that patience, again, 
sort of in summary, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to get injured. If you don't, you're really, really lucky. Yeah. But just manage your way through those and get back into the training in a controlled and patient way. Yep. Yep. Be consistent over the long term and uh, you'll come out better for it. Absolutely superb. We're just about running out of time. <laughs> Love what you did there. We will leave it there. Um, okay. Some really fantastic stuff. And uh, yeah, look forward to uh, catching up again soon. Thanks, Doug. Cheers, Gerard.